Welcome to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. I was kind of up in the air about what I wanted to talk about today. It's actually kind of ironic that I was up in the air, as you'll find out when you see what I do. I wanted to have a podcast that was lighter than the previous one. I'm trying to mix up the tone as I go along. The last one was pretty heavy, so how about a more whimsical one? Then I thought, why don't I do an experiment with language? So I'm going to do kind of an experimental oral poem. I think of it kind of like weaving more than a poem. So maybe that's what I'll call it. Oral weaving. I'm going to incorporate a lesson plan that I have used for decades in my teaching. And I actually have posted this lesson plan, this exercise on the blog I can't recall right now which podcast it belongs to, but it's on there. And the blog isn't too large now, so I'm sure you can find it. It's called Connections. And that is where you take some random thoughts or ideas, or in this case, it's going to be words, and see what comes out of mushing them together, scrambling them around, And then, voila. Normally, this exercise is about coming up with inductive and deductive points. But for my purposes today, I'm just going to share the mushing around. Maybe a point will come out of it, I don't know. So, there's no real lesson here. There's no grand hypothesis, no Hemingarian theory today, just playing with language. And the words that I chose randomly from different texts today are air, relationship, and drive. Here I go. I've had an interesting relationship with air since I was an infant. Before my second birthday, 
if I recall correctly, somebody put me on top of the horse that we owned. His name was Samson. I immediately started to have breathing problems. When my mother took me to the hospital, they actually realized that I had bronchitis. So I don't really know if the allergy to horses was the straw that broke my lungs back, but I ended up in a steam tent. After that, I was told I had asthma. And I did use a primatine inhaler for most of my life up until 18, at which time I started to smoke. When you smoke, you rob yourself of air. Don't kid yourself. I had pretty bad asthma, was on a primatine mist inhaler, and smoked. And I really smoked when I went to college. I really started to smoke. I went to a clinic one time because I was feeling poorly. I had bronchitis again. And the doctor said to me there, if you don't stop smoking, you won't be able to walk to your car by the time you're 30. I didn't believe her. And I could walk to my car by the time I was 30. But I was on a lot of medication. Not primatine anymore. Something more potent. Then I quit smoking, eventually. But it was too late already. And now I have COPD in the form of emphysema according to my doctors. I loved driving. I was able to walk to my car when I was 30. And I had a car when I was 30. For a long time, I had more cars in a row than the number of years of driving I had under my belt. So... That's because I always got crappy cars at the beginning of my driving career, which happened to be at 15. My sister won a truck during a raffle at a local carnival. Pretty great prize for a local carnival. But anyway, she gave me her car. And when I was 15, I started driving it up and down my Dead End Street, and also around the neighborhood in which I lived. I became the driver for most of my friends. I took my neighbors to school in the morning, brought them home after school. I took people to softball practice, basketball practice, pickup games, roller rink. I love to drive. I still love to drive. I think I get it from my mother. I can still see in her green maverick. It was called Grabber Green, the color. There was a little note, sticky note, on the dashboard that said, Get gas. She used to put it up there to remind herself. I learned to drive on a stick shift, a manual transmission. I have always preferred them. 
A couple of years ago, I started leasing a car. More than a couple of years ago, because I leased three cars in a row. It's like dating a car, right? You're not making a full commitment. But I gave up leasing a car. I went full on for a full commitment, a full committed relationship with an Acura, 2017 Acura, because I didn't like the way that Hondas were moving. It's what I call the nanny car syndrome. This driving assistance software, I swear it could kill you. I am a person who does not use my blinkers all the time when I'm weaving through traffic. And in the Honda that I last had, if you did not put your blinker on and you were going a certain miles per hour, it would put on the brake. You could see how that might be a hazard. So the 2017 Acura does not have the driving assistance. I think there is a group that I might join. It's about loving manual transmission cars and cars that don't use any assisted programs. I think they're just going to become more and more prevalent. So I have a great relationship with my new car. I drive fast and well. That's kind of how I feel about my relationships. So right now I'm going to talk about amorous relationships. I've had 13 in my life. I'm in my 13th. And this one is for good. Uh, but I was always overlapping relationships for a long time when I was younger. It's kind of like driving through traffic without using your blinker, I guess. I'm sure it has something to do with the insecurity of thinking that someone is going to leave. Ding, 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 gee. What does that remind me of? Anyway, because of that, when I felt any little wrinkle, any little glitch in the seam of a relationship, I started looking for a new one. And then when I found one that I thought was going to work out, then I started moving away from the relationship I was in towards this new thing. Have you ever seen the movie The Hunger? It's a fantastic movie. Catherine Deneuve, Susan Sarandon, David Bowie. It's a vampire movie, but it has a lot to do with overlapping relationships. If you've seen it, let me know if you think I'm right. If you haven't, watch it and let me know if you see what I'm talking about. Anyway, I also was a cheater. When I got into relationships, when there weren't any glitches, of course I had to create them. And how did I do that? By cheating. 
I feel very bad about this, badly about this now. I got some karma. I had two relationships where the people cheated on me after cheating on a couple of relationships. I think it was about even. Cheated on two was in two relationships where they cheated on me twice. It feels no good to be a cheater. I used to think, I'm going to get a bumper sticker that looks like a cheetah. And then when my partners drive around town and they see my car, they know that's me because I have the cheetah bumper sticker on it. I love people. And I love flirting with people, being social with people, all people. I'll give anybody a chance. I'll flirt with anybody. This has really gotten me to a weird place with relationships. If any of you out there listening know what I'm talking about, please let me know how you handle these situations. If I may just vent for a moment about relationships. Air, vent. <laughs> the airing of my ways, the relationship. So because I love flirting with people, if I find an interesting person, I want to know all about them, and I want them to know all about me. And the place that I feel like this has gotten me in most emotional distress has been with married men. Married men and I often hit it off. There is no sexual tension there. And if I like somebody, I like them wholeheartedly. But for some reason, even though I am no threat whatsoever, zero, the wives of these married men have problems many times. I've seen this pattern happen over and over again. They have problems with my friendship with their husband. In one case, well, not even just one case. I could point to one case specifically and know that it's very clearly what I'm going to describe. And I think that this has happened other times. It's just not as clear cut. A woman made her husband say he would not be friends with me. I think she was jealous of our relationship. I'm so saddened by losing these men from my life. I'm not sure what I can do about these things. I guess there's nothing to be done. I guess I have to just go on loving these married men the way that I do and being ready for them to be taken. Be moved out like a gust of wind, like a breath of air 
the doctors said to me, I can't believe you're breathing as well as you are. Because one of your primary tubes going into your bronchi is coated on the inside with scar tissue from having so many episodes of bronchitis as you were growing up. It's like breathing through a coffee stirrer. Doesn't bother me. I feel like even though I have issues breathing, I can breathe pretty well with whatever biology I have. I read once that when a person drowns and they take in that gush of water, to them, to the drowning victim, that gush of water is perceived like air. Thank you for being with me. I hope some of these images have meant something to you. I hope you might try this exercise on your own. I'm finding it very comforting to be sharing with others my art, my philosophy, my stories of life. Maybe you'll want to do that, too. I hope so. Thank you for listening. Until next time, get creating. She's got no lessons planned for me Because she's not that fancy She's a professor forever Professor forever Professor